Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. 46% of Americans expect to leave behind financial obligations when they pass away. So it's crucial to make sure your family is financially protected. Policy Genius helps you find the right life insurance coverage by comparing options from America's top insurers with help from licensed, award-winning agents. Secure your financial future with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get free life insurance quotes in just a few clicks. That's policygenius.com. Hey, this is Tyler Jones, and you're listening to The Element Podcast. What's happening, all my woods people? It's the Whitetail Weatherman here, looking out at a rainy landscape. A rainy one, a wet one, a nasty, nasty landscape. You know, if we were just a little bit more north and latitude, I believe it's latitude. Latitude is flatitude, did you know that? I the don't know. flat lines, is that's, it? that's how you oh, remember that. Oh, they it's flat earth. No. Um, <laughs> this might be snow. Flat dark earth. If we were north. I've got friends in... Um, the Carolinas right now getting snow. Whoa. That's the south, man. Yeah. It's more north than here, but it's still the south, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's yeah. just like we just live in the warm part of the world. It's we just do. what we what we deal with. But it's just not warm, it's just warmer, so it's still cold yeah. out there. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty sad day. Mm-hmm. But we had some good weather this weekend and We did. One of the funnest things I've done in a while, man. It's true. Man, that was fun. I'm just glad nobody got shot. I know. Me too. Because <laughs> there were some dangerous situations. <laughs> no. Looking back, I'm like, man, next year I'm going to be a little bit more careful. Calculated risk probably, but like <laughs> it's the reason I shoot an extra full choke is yeah. like it keeps them all. And that's the thing. We didn't really talk about this too much, but uh, so this past weekend we, we hog hunted with some friends on public land with shotguns. Had a ton of fun. Killed a bunch of pigs, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the reasons you use shotguns, besides the the law, but I think it's why the law is rooted in this, is that uh, they're safer than mm-hmm. rifles, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have, like, a high-speed projectile that can go miles. Mm-hmm. Like, that buckshot, like, if you shoot it straight at 100 yards, it's probably going to start hitting the ground. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to arc pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you can't, you can't just shoot somebody real easy with buckshot unless you point it at them and say, I'm going to shoot you, right? Yeah, so, yeah. like, that's part. That's pretty much why you do it. But, yeah, there was some – that's just the nature of the beast, man. It's close quarters hunting. 
when you've got pigs at 15 yards, you can't even see them because it's so thick that mm-hmm. it gets a uh, gets a little a little so willy. Got to yell at each other. Which That's right. We'll get we'll go into the details of that here in a in a podcast in the next week or so. But um, we we did spend lots of miles walking around on public land, uh, chasing hogs, but in deer country. It was. How many sheds did you find? How many deer did you see? While walking around? While walking around. I don't remember seeing one. Zero for both answers, I think, was <laughs> is, is the case. <laughs> Zero would be the answer for both, both But sheds it was weird that when we were, because we didn't get up early at the crack of dawn to do this thing. Uh, I mean, we got out there in the morning, but there's no reason to be there at daybreak, right? So, uh, but we were driving around at those times, and we saw a bunch of deer on private land, yeah. you know, but we saw a bunch of deer this weekend out driving around. It's like they, well, you and I talked about this, it's like they've had a good solid month of not getting any hunting pressure and they're like okay i can mm-hmm. step out now and be but okay. they're still on private <laughs> they're still on private they ain't gonna be on public for a while yeah actually so. if ever so <laughs> no, no. i did see some tracks but you know yeah. that that could have been done by a uh, human with those boots. misleading hunt human <laughs> you know so. Which, well, there was a dead deer leg in that parking lot yeah, i true. bet you that's what they use yeah, they, that you. That's why they have that coming. It just all is coming together right now. <laughs> that is definitely it, yeah. man. Somebody's out there with a deer leg, <laughs> making people hunt trails that deer don't exist on. Yeah. And I've I'm that people. I'm yeah. that people that hunts the trail that don't <laughs> don't see deer on. Man, that's just. You know what? It, it's tough here, man. It is. But in Iowa, it wasn't quite as tough when I was That's up right. There. And you know what? We have a guest on today who's honest about that. Yeah. He said, it is, it's a blessing to live in Iowa. I think <laughs> yeah. what he said. Yeah. You know, so. I, I mean, I, I was thinking today when I was preparing for this podcast, I was like, man, I kind of want to move up there. <laughs> but yeah, if it's going to be cold this week. Uh, fair, I probably probably would be rather living in mm, Texas. He said five degrees in this podcast, so I'm going to let you know that's not, not my world. No, that's not mine either. I, I know that uh, at any time we could, you know, have a bass fishing day here this time of year. So That's right. You know, it's that's a good thing about living in Texas mm-hmm. is that, that that kind of thing happens. But, um, you know, speaking of, the, of deer hunting in Iowa and in the Midwest, I guess, we – we're wrapping up our season playlist here, our SZN season playlist um, on YouTube. It's been an awesome season. Uh, there's been so many close calls. There's been so many crazy experiences that we've had. Um, and we're coming up on we're – we're, I don't think we're going to quite hit 40 videos for the season playlist, but we're going to get close. And that's, a, that's a, a pretty awesome thing, man, because – most of those most of those videos are pretty daggum interesting. There's a few where, you know, it's just kind of part of the story and you, you kind of see a buck far off or whatever. But there's a lot of really good encounters on video. I have to say, um, if I could pat ourselves on the back, that we did a good job this year. Uh, we did what we wanted to do and we got lots of, right. lots of deer on video. Way and, to kill some deer, Tyler. Well... You know, I guess that would be the only thing that you would probably have rather have different is, you know, 37 or 8 videos and a deer or two killed yeah. or whatever, well, you know. But. Um, there's still one last video to come out that yep. uh, I, you could say I'm featured in because I don't – are you there I'm at not, all? No, not in this video. You left already. There's there's a there's – a, I've got two videos that I think are left. I don't know when this, you know – podcast will air in relation to the to one of them but mm-hmm. definitely there will be one more left and that's uh that is the last 
hunt of our year that you had in Kansas. Mm-hmm. And really, the you know, our last attempt to really see deer, because what happens in late December in Texas, deer don't show up, but mm. they, they are whatever they are. But, um, yeah, so there's definitely a crazy bit of action. Some pretty unbelievable things happen. Uh, definitely worth watching that last video. Um, but, yeah, so I, I really have enjoyed putting the videos together, and now we're moving on. We're going to have a pig hunting video from this weekend, and that is, I've watched a couple of the clips. It's pretty intense. Good. Man. It's cool. It's cool. So I'm excited to release that. Uh, I did a bird hunt in Kansas. We'll see how that turns out. It may not have enough to really even matter. But, uh, yeah, this stuff probably won't go in our season playlist. This will just be kind of released. Uh, so is season strictly antlered game? I don't know. We haven't really talked about that. Yeah. We've tried, but we can't really come to a conclusion. <laughs> like, I kind of think we should just go into off-season right now. Off, yeah. O-F-F-S-Z-N, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Mm. If you have a thought about that, uh, reach out on Instagram then, or, or whatever. Our cooking videos we're doing in the off-season are going to be seasoning videos. Seasoning videos. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Okay. We haven't done one of those in like three years. I know. But. It's because we haven't. either of us have not had a house in three years. It's so. true. It's true. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, I'll... Get one. I'm hoping to have one sometime during deer season next year, maybe. And then I can just put all my mounts up, and whether I kill or not, at least I'll feel good about myself, yeah. you know? So, anyway. Uh, <laughs> do what? Oh, I just, uh, who were we talking to the other day that actually pulled off the whole um, using a mount to trick somebody on their game camera? Uh, well, I've got a buddy who's done it, and he's your buddy, too. Yeah. Old Cody. But I thought there's a different scenario, but maybe it was just something I saw on the internet that made me think about that one. Sea beef? Yeah, yeah. He's done it before, and yeah. it made somebody real mad. <laughs> real mad. Which is a kind of egotistical thing. I won't go there. Well, but. yes, but... You could waste your season looking for a deer that doesn't oh, he exist. He had, he had one spot to hunt. This dude had one spot to yeah. hunt. He was going to hunt there whether or not, you know. So, yeah. Uh, I think he'd only went on for like two weeks anyway. Mm. So, But, yeah, got a buddy who's done that, and that's a pretty funny thing. I thought it was hilarious. Of course, I was a lot younger, and it wasn't me that was involved. So, yeah. But, yeah, anyway, uh, a guy that gets struck in pictures that are actually real and have giants that are real in them, is uh, our buddy Drake here. So I guess we'll talk to him about a little bit of postseason scouting, talk some sheds, all this late season stuff, and uh, see what he has to say in the yeah. land of giants. Drake Drake Lamb shot a giant, giant buck yeah. in Iowa this year. Yeah, It's it, crazy. It always blows my mind how those deer up there, you'll see the deer and you'll be like, oh, it's a mainframe eight or it's a mainframe yeah. nine. And they're Man, like, a good deer. 197. Yeah. I'm like, what? What? And you just don't, like, it's got so much mass that you don't even see all the kickers at the base. Yeah, and, and you stuff, also you know? don't realize that it's 300 pounds, or yeah. close to it at least, you yeah. know. We saw one this year that was like that body type deer. Yeah. And then you realize, oh, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. And it scares the other deer when he comes around. That's right. The other deer is scared. <laughs> yeah. We're not scared because we don't know actually how big that deer is. We're not scared, but uh, we may should be. So, mm. <laughs> anyway, let's get Drake on the phone. Let's see what he has to say, man. Sounds good. All right, so now on the phone, we've got Drake Lamb with Midwest Whitetail. Drake, what's going on, man? What's good? Hey, just another day of scouting, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> good. Another day of off season. Another day we can't deer hunt. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, no kidding, man. That's a, it's kind of a, a hard feeling. What's, uh, what's wild is that, um, 
you know, you say another day that we can't deer hunt. Um, and having the option during deer season is definitely like a cool feeling. But for you, you know, from what I understand, there's a lot of days that you pretty much know, like, hey, I ain't going, like November 7th, I ain't going to be deer hunting. I'm going to be videoing. You know what I mean? Because that's, that's Bill's yeah. favorite day, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you, you can count on it. If I'm, if I'm the guy filming Winky, he's, he's going to be in the tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. November 7th. I mean, yeah, it is. It's the day of days, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been a good day for sure. Um, I actually shot a buck on November 7th this year. So, Winky may not be wrong, you know. No, I mean, we, we had an awesome hunt uh, last year. I actually wasn't filming Bill, but I was filming uh, Philip Culpepper from Realtree. And he, mm-hmm. he was down in Iowa for, for a week, and uh, I told him, man, I was like, we, I mean, we grinded it out for a week straight, and it was November 7th, and he was begging for another day to stay, and uh, we grinded it out. I told him, man, this is the day, November 7th. And he, he, he didn't believe me until he shot that shot that deer later on that night. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. It's, it's magical, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so you obviously are very busy during deer season. So I, what is that What is that like? And I don't want you to get fired here or nothing, but, like, what is it like to, to uh, go and know that, you know, most of November – the best month to be in the whitetail woods, you're probably going to be videoing somebody or, or, you know, just straight up working, I guess you'd call it, you know, in, in one way or another. Cause you know, a lot of guys that are, are as fanatical about deer hunting as you are might, uh, choose a different profession where you don't have to work as much during November. But, uh, this is kind of the lifestyle that you've chosen at least right now. What, t- talk about what that's like, man. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, it's a grind, you know, we start in September. Well, I mean, clear back in August, but you know, uh, Velvet film and whatever. But then when season hits, man, it's just, if I'm not videoing, I'm hunting. And then that, you know, if I'm videoing, then I'm editing right after that, you know, doing weekly stuff, um, you know, cause we do the daily video blogs and, and whatnot, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, every time we hunt, it's a video. So, <laughs> right. you know, it's been days in November when it's, when you're hunting morning and evening, you know, 12 you know 12 hours in the woods or whatever it is and you got to go edit on top of that i mean i wouldn't trade it for the world but it, it does get to be a grind after after november for sure yeah dude. you know our our shotgun season comes in uh you know right there the first part of december so it's nice to have about a two and a half three week break there <laughs> well you <laughs> sleep november, a lot right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, sleeping in and hunting, hunting with a gun in the afternoon. Yeah, man. <laughs> those three weeks in November, you know, late October, first two weeks in November, man. It's just it's pedal to the floor. I mean, it's it's fun though. I mean, I like I said, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Sure. I yeah. get a I get a deer hunt pretty much every day. You know, if I'm filming, we're still hunting. You mm-hmm. know, so man, it's we another just... day to learn. We just release all our stuff, you know, two months later when nobody's watching deer hunting stuff anymore. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, we, we don't quite have that, uh, the operation definitely that you guys got going on there. But, um, you know, I did spend, I actually did spend a considerable chunk of time in Iowa this year in November and in October. Uh, I drew okay. a tag up there where you guys are at. And, uh, awesome. Yeah, and and I was actually um, I was hunting that deer that you shot in later in the season. I was hunting. Yeah, yeah. yeah I guess I didn't have the right property. It was the only thing, you know. Like I, I just didn't. He, he didn't show up for me, man. Always one more fence line over. Huh? Yeah, that's what. That's what. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. So, yeah, well, he got shot, obviously, you know. So I mean, it was over. But uh, dude, talk about that. That thing was. 
Uh, Bill, I think Damn. in the episode, Bill said like the deer. He saw trail camera pictures of it, and when he saw it like in person, it was it was much bigger. It had the ground growing aspect. Um, oh, I thought the same thing, yeah. dude. Like, what what's the deal? There was it just a toad body, or how did I mean talk about that, man? It's huge deer. Uh, yeah, I mean, so like I said, I moved down to uh, back down to Alvia this summer, and um, actually, the guy that I'm renting my house from, he owns they own a bunch of farms around here. They're not big hunters. And, uh, so they, they, I'm pretty much the only one that can bow on them. Um, you know, thankfully being blessed that way, but, uh, um, there's a lot of pressure during shotgun season. But anyway, I didn't, I ran cameras all summer. Didn't have that deer. Didn't have that deer. There's a big chunk of CRP and just with like a really nice ridge of bedding, um, on the far North side of it. So, um, it set up really good. Um, you know, as far as access and stuff, because I could always hunt it on a north or a west wind, but I didn't pick that deer up until mid-October. Um, and I didn't check that camera until, you know, right, right there, first part of November. And uh, so I was like, holy cow, man, this is a giant deer. You know, we we, we thought he was 70s, you know, right, at, right in there somewhere, like just a tank of a deer, you know, wasn't going to pass him, you know, yeah. anyway, <laughs> that I had. <laughs> And, uh, you know, and then I, you know, uh, late October, Winky starts hunting quite a bit, you know? So I'm just like, man, like I got this deer, he's in daylight, you know, he was just there all the time. And, uh, you know, I ended up tagging another deer, um, right there, November 4th. So my, that was my bow tag for the year. And, uh, I was actually on a different property, but, uh. You know, just decided to put my tag on that deer. Didn't have many days to hunt. You know, we were videoing, and uh, we actually just got back from Northeast Iowa when I when I tagged out, and I didn't have any regrets about it. You know, but I kept running cameras on that farm, and uh, I mean that deer was just daylight. You know, October twenty ninth, November third, November fourth, November fifth, November sixth. I mean, mm. daylight. I had him on the street back in there on the bedding, and. I didn't check that camera until again until probably the fifteenth of November, and he was just all over it. And, you know, he was eating me up. Oh man! All these days, you know, he's daylight. And, well, here I am, you know, on him and everything, and just just couldn't, you know. But uh, I kept running cameras uh, through the shotgun season, and I knew a big group pushed the neighboring piece. Uh, more than a few times uh, they were going to be. And so I thought, you know, there's no way this deer's going to make it. You know, we got almost two and a half weeks of shotgun season. And I don't know, it's probably different for you for y'all down there, but like up here, you know, we can push with shotguns. So you, you got a big group of 20, 20 dudes walking through timbers and you got another group of 20 guys on the other side of that timber waiting for every single deer to run out. I mean, people would just go haywire on these deer during shotgun season. So mm-hmm. having a deer make it, you know, through that is, is pretty dang luck, mm-hmm. lucky. But uh, <clears throat> come to find out, I run a camera on the south side of the farm, and, like, I was getting them uh, in the middle of the night, which is what I kind of expected because it was far away from that bedding ridge that I knew that he lived in. And... uh so I was like, man, he's still alive, blah, blah, blah. Like, I've got guys walking by in orange on my cameras and he'd swing through, you know, later that night. I mean, just a, a monarch of an old deer, you know. And uh, so I went out 
when was it? It was after Christmas, and I, Winky, you know, he didn't hunt much late season. He didn't have much late season food, so he wasn't, you know, too worried about it anyway. He shot two deer off of his farm, so I had had a couple of days in there um, right after Christmas. I think it was the 29th when I killed him. But anyway, it was a Sunday, and Bill wasn't hunting, and I had a show to edit. <clears throat> um, got that show done at like 3.30, went out, and I'm like, well, I'm going to go out there. I know that deer's alive. Um, and just kind of sit on this edge of this big CRP and there's a big dike that runs kind of on the east side of it and, uh, you know, big, big, huge bottom of corn behind me of cut corn. And so, you know, I figured if these deer are going to be coming out of the CRP and all this thick bedding up on top, you know, I'll, at least I'll see them come across this huge bottom of CRP and, you know, work their way to that cornfield. And, uh, <laughs> so I just went in there, you know, it was like three thirty. It was late. I was like, oh, at least I, I'm gonna go out and sit. You know, you don't know if you don't go. <laughs> That's right. So wind was good. Everything was good. It was a little cold, cooler. I mean, late season up here, you know, you like it, you know, ten, fifteen degrees, you know, northwest wind. But it, it was probably in the twenties and kind of spitting rain. And I sat down to where I could see that huge ridge of bedding and that whole big bottom CRP. If anything was going to come out there, I'd at least see it. And that was kind of my thought. You know, I, I had pictures of that deer, but, you know, just the chances of me seeing that deer <laughs> before I – if I would have told you before that hunt, if I – you know, the chances of me seeing that deer probably less than like 2%. I mean, <laughs> it was <laughs> – I had no faith I was going to see that buck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, – uh-huh. So I get I get in there, sit down, and neighbors start shooting guns back behind me. Just I mean, they're probably a thousand yards away, but you know that gets in your head, and you're just sitting there thinking, man, like what am I doing? Like this is going to be a waste of dang time. Like <laughs> across that cornfield, I saw another hunter. He was he was walking out because uh, he must have been in there hunting, and those guys were messing his. They were closer to him than they were me. All those guys, they were shooting on the neighbors. And so I saw him get up, walk out. I was like, oh, man, this is not good. And, you know, I had a couple of fawns come spooking by me, and I'm just sitting there. I'm just thinking, like, what am I? I'm just wasting my dang time. And, like, lo and behold, like, self-filming everything, you know, didn't have a cameraman. That's just always how it goes. I look up in the CRP, and here he comes. <laughs> man. I was just. I was in shock, man. Like it was, it was crazy. Just as perfect as you could have put it. Like if there was anywhere he was going to come out of where I thought he, he lived, he, I mean, he just came right out of there Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. I have no idea. I mean, it was just, he wasn't spooked or anything. You know, he was coming from the bedding coming towards me, which it wasn't towards the, you know, all the shooting, but it was, it was just like, it was like four fifteen, you know. I had another hour and fifteen minutes of daylight left. <laughs> hadn't seen, didn't see a single deer before that, and <laughs> I just looked up and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is it, like that's actually him. I hadn't seen him all season, you know. I'd hunted that farm a couple times, but during bow season and just never saw him. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, it's it just kind of crazy. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> He came across that field, and for whatever reason, you know, I'm trying to get him on the camera and get my muzzleloader up and get on him, and he's he's going through kind of all these trees that are in front of me, and he's like closing the distance, 100 yards, 80 yards, 65 yards. Couldn't get on him with the camera. And for whatever reason, he just stopped right out there in the middle, and then he just beelined right towards me. 
like I mean, it was the craziest thing like <laughs> that I've ever been a part of deer hunting. I mean, the deer like that. I mean, he closed the gap and came. I think I shot him at like twenty yards, fifteen, twenty yards. Oh my goodness! I mean, on the ground with a muzzle loader. It was, it was insane, man. It was. <laughs> It was a night. Yeah, yeah, no kidding, man. That's a fun hunt to watch, too, you know, just because he's a beautiful, big old, rare animal. And I know we don't talk numbers a whole lot, but you, you mentioned numbers a while ago. Uh, you know, y'all thought he'd go uh, mid-170s or something. Where, where, did you ever put a tape on him to see what he actually came out to? Yeah, we got him right at 185. <laughs> Ooh, that's a tank. He's like a basic nine-point, isn't he? When I walked up to him, after that, I was like, "Holy cow! What have I done?" I mean, oh. this deer's way bigger than than what than what we thought, you know. And even when he was coming in, I mean, I knew he was big, and there was no there was no idea that I was ever going to pass that deer, you yeah. know. I mean, I was thinking shoot him the whole the whole time. Oh yeah, like even sure. when he was coming in, I I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought one eighty five, but I mean, I think I think we got him somewhere right around 60-something inches of mass. I mean, oh, the, the mass on him is insane. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's incredible. It <laughs> is crazy, dude. That is that is awesome. And, I mean, uh-huh. I can tell you congrats a hundred times, but congrats on that. It's just so cool. No, and yeah. it's cool to see him come in straight to you like that. I mean, that was the – I remember watching that, and I was like, that deer's walking right at him. Like, what on earth is going on? Never right? happens. Yeah. It's, I mean, I don't know – you know, I don't know, thinking about it, like, I don't know if he was going to come up on that little dike or terrace that I was on and, like, maybe, you know, bed down until dark and watch that cornfield before he was going to go out to feed or, like, what he was doing, you know? But yeah, I mean, it, was, it was crazy that he was up on his feet that early. Yeah, yeah. And uh, come to find out, uh, some guys that I know that live around here, they, they uh, hunt the adjacent property um to the west which is where all of the thick good bedding like it's old cattle pasture cedar trees and just nasty gnarly stuff and uh they saw that i shot that deer and he's like hey man i you know i know that deer all too well we got the sheds of him from last year and tons of trail camera pictures of him uh all year and uh they said they had cell cams in there and stuff like right on the fence line and he sent me all the pictures and he said Man, we had that deer daylight every single day in December through shotgun season. Oh, I mean, wow. almost every single day on one of their cameras. Like, it was just like, he was so cored up in that little tiny area. I mean, probably less than, I would say his core area was less than probably 40 acres, 50 wow. acres probably. Wow. Yeah. I mean, after it, you know, it's cool to kind of put the pieces together after the fact, you know, and I didn't know that they had, that they, those guys hunted that property and, you know, and I'm kind of friends with them, so it's kind of, you know, kind of just cool to put the, those pieces together. But mm-hmm. they said that that property got, got ran shotgun hunting by a group of, like, 15 guys at least three different times. And they said that that deer, like, he would circle back every single time. Like, so I don't know if he was just running circles around those guys, watching them come in or what. But, oh, wow. I mean, we think, he's, we think he's six, at least six. Yeah. He could be seven. I mean, it's just crazy he'd seen the shotgun routine a few times and knew what to do huh yeah i mean i'm sure those guys do the same thing every year you know like they and the way it sets up you know where up where he beds he can oversee that huge it's probably like 100 acres of crp he can sit up there in those cedars and watch that whole bottom and watch anything coming from you know three quarters almost a mile away wow i mean 
it's kind of cool to put those pieces together and be like, hey, like that's what that's where I thought he lived the whole time, you know. But I was just I never got up in the bedding because it was just never worth it. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. I think it was. I went back there a couple weeks ago just because I had to figure out where those guys were getting pictures of him, and so. I went up in there into all that bedding. I didn't really care if I blew out deer, you know, because yeah. I killed the one that I wanted. I was like, man, I just got to see where, see what it's like up in there. And like, the, there's a huge trail that goes, you can see it on Google Earth that goes across this fence. And that's right where they had their camera and they were getting in day, daylight almost every day. Mm-hmm. But like, it was cool to get up in there and be like, man, this is actually where he lived, you know? Yeah. So I was just, too afraid and the access wasn't good enough to get in there to bow hunt you know but yeah. or even with a gun but it, yeah it's crazy that's yeah. why i live there you know access doesn't allow hunters to go in there you know no exactly i mean if if you looked at that piece you'd be like man like there's no way you could get in there and, and this is where, right where a giant deer would live yeah <laughs> uh, do you think I mean, that there's some correlation to i mean uh Jared Mills had a giant buck that spent a lot of time in, in CRP-style grass. You know, this buck spent a lot of time apparently in CRP. Is there a correlation to mm. to, to that, like big bucks getting old and those grassland properties? Um, that and, and that's something that you can kind of at least key on or, or think that, uh, you know, you find a place like that, there's a good chance there are big deer on it? Yeah, I mean, a lot of times I've got another – farm that's a big crp farm there's a couple big deer that live on it too and i I don't know if it's just they feel more secure in that tall grass all the time Mm -hmm. and you know they just i mean that particular piece where i killed like you know like i was saying he can overlook that you know and see for a mile but i mean i've got another farm where you can't it's all just big draws and stuff of crp but i mean if I could, if I had the choice of, of a farm with a big wooded draw surrounded by ag land like standing corn or or not standing corn but just corn in general or a farm with a big draw surrounded by CRP, I think I'd take the CRP every time. I mean, I think it just holds more deer and it makes them feel feel way more secure than you know walking out of that draw and then boom they're in a wide open field. You know? Yeah, sure. I think. I mean, I think. I definitely think there's some correlation. I wouldn't, I don't know if there's, you know, any correlation to if uh, if I saw a CRP farm, what farm would I pick? Um, You know, and I I think, you know, living in Iowa, especially Southern Iowa, there's a lot of big deer around. (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, I was hunting that deer, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, that deer Jared was after was a mega giant. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, heartbreaking to watch that video. Oh, where he's like mm-hmm. right there because oh, you can tell you it. can tell he's he's done before he even knows he's done. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's it's over. You know what I mean? So those guys that night they sent me a still and they didn't they didn't send anything else. They just sent oh. that still image of that deer. And, I was just like, are you kidding me? And I was calling them, you know, they was like, nope, didn't happen. Just text me back, didn't happen. I was like, oh, my gosh. Golly. It's crazy, man. That's a heartbreaker. So, okay, so um, we've kind of already transitioned into this, but, you know, we're we're kind of the the main gist of this podcast is to, is uh, on postseason scouting, and we're talking about a deer that um, you had history. You said he showed up in October last year, I think. 
Um, so mm-hmm. you had, you know, what that would be considered the earlier part of the season, you know, pre-rut kind of thing, all the way through yep. you kill him in what most would consider late season. And, you know, you had uh, daytime pictures here and, here and there throughout. Um, the guys on the adjacent property had a ton of daytime in December. Um, so I feel like that a lot of stories don't go like that. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of stories go, well, he was on me in September and October, and then when the rut came, he disappeared, or or mm-hmm. kind of vice versa. You know, like we didn't, I didn't have anything until the rut happened, and then there were deer all over me, or until some so and so pulled their ag, you know, or whatever, and something mm-hmm. changed. So I guess you know my my question is, you know, can you use postseason scouting right now to to make plans for next October, or early November, or is this most of the time, you know, does it correlate with a late season hunt? Most of the time, I would say, and normally I'm from like central Iowa, so it's a lot of just rolling hills, like fence lines, like wide open fields, you know, little blocks of timber. And so like the deer tend to move a lot more, you know, towards those ag fields in the late season. So um, like scouting now and scouting for early October is like kind of two different things. But yeah. down here in southern Iowa, there's so much more timber that I think – and this deer was an exception because I think he was so old and like Winky, you'll hear Winky say a thousand times, the older they get, the smaller their home range becomes. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a, that was a more than true fact with this deer. Um, but as far as, you know, scouting late season, it just depends on, I think what, what your farm is like. Um, you know, like, I've got farms that are just straight up timber and they're, you know, with no ag fields around them or anything. So obviously like now I'm not going to be driving around looking at those pieces because there's no ag around them, you know, cause we, we get snow and like, I mean, late season deer are going to be on food. I mean, just like anywhere else, but you know, your deer are going to be gravitating towards those ag fields. And if you don't, you know, if I don't have a farm that's not, ag right now then i'm not really even looking at it mm-hmm. you know and that's going to be an october november farm to me um whereas like a farm that has a cornfield right next to it that i can hunt that's going to be where i'm scouting right now yeah um so i think you know i don't know i mean <laughs> this kind of it kind of depends i guess yeah where you're at so too. i guess um, i got a question uh what about the so that that those farms that are just straight timber, you say that they they can hunt well in October and November. Why is that? Do, are deer just able to to find browse in there and do what they prefer yeah. to live there as opposed to near ag most of the year? Well, yeah, I mean, like those farms are loaded. I mean, anywhere in Iowa, pretty much, if you got timber, you got oak trees, and, and so I mean, there's tons of browse for these deer. You know, and I think you know. September is about when the uh, acorns start dropping around here. And I mean, they, they can last, you know, all the way through December or whatever. It just depends on how many deer are there. But so basically, I mean, during the rut, all those deer, I mean, anytime pretty much are going to be in that timber, you know, so you hunt those bedding areas within that tim- block, big block of timber. Yeah. Um, what does that bedding look like it, I mean, in, in timber? Is it cedars or what uh, is that? Uh, it once again it depends, but a lot of times if it's a big block of timber, it's just straight hardwoods, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not very thick, so 
you've got all all the you've got one big one big top ridge and then you've got all these ridges coming off of one ridge essentially um and that's where your bedding's going to happen is out on those little points of the secondary ridges mm-hmm. um i don't think so, about ridges much you know, you know? it's like <laughs> yeah, we, we don't we don't have ridges here you know really so like uh but i the funny thing is hunting in iowa this year i spent quite a bit of time on ridges uh i actually should have killed on a ridge uh on a piece of public one morning and my camera the deer stopped at like 18 yards and my camera just completely nosedived um on the camera <laughs> arm. It, it was a the head wasn't locked in you know and uh and i tried to fix it because the deer was staying still and it was windy he had no clue i was there and so I tried to fix it, and by the time I got it back up on him, he started coming right at me and, like, saw my oh, bottom man. step and then followed him up to this giant blob, like, 13 <laughs> feet up in the tree, you know, oh, uh, and just ran off. But, like, that, I did, you know, I had no clue how to hunt ridges, and I just, you know, listened to guys like you and try to figure it out and relate what I know about deer and how they want to move across particular landscape, any particular landscape, and, and it worked. Mm-hmm. But, but it, my tag has been used and I won't have that tag again for like five years. So here we are. I'm back to like never remembering that a ridge is something you can use in deer hunting. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Well, maybe I'll go in 2021 and then, you, <laughs> yeah. you know, we can do ridges every three years. You there, know, we go. Be good. there we go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's cool, man. So, like, I mean, like me and Winky went up to Northeast Iowa and up there, I mean, it's like bluff country. So, I mean, it's like these huge ridges, like, down here is kind of big rolling hills and like up there i mean it's just like drop offs like Mm -hmm. and so like up there it's a little bit easier to kind of pinpoint where those deer are going to move because it's so it's so up and down that like if you got two ridges connecting you know you got a little ditch here a little ditch here they're gonna they're gonna round that every single time Mm -hmm. you know they're not going to go across that huge ditch they're going to go around the head of it Mm -hmm. and so like we, we started hunting the heads of those ditches um you know, where, where two ridges meet that big top ridge. I mean, and we were, I didn't, I've never hunted up there. And so it was cool to hunt, to hunt like that and just be like, Oh, well, here's a ridge. And then this is, you know, we're going to sit at the head of it because they're going to, they're going to come around the head of it every single time, you know, so yeah. diving off 20 feet, you know, 20 feet down another 20 feet up, they're going to come around the head of it. So I mean, it just totally made sense. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, it got to the point where you could look at the topo map and be like, okay, boom, like, yeah, that's where they're going to come around that. They're not going to go down in that, you yeah. know? So, I mean, it, it doesn't make sense more if you look at a map, but sure. anyway, that's a whole nother, whole yeah. nother thing. <laughs> no, Is that something that, you, that you'd go like, say right now, if you're, if you've got a, a new, say you get a new property, you, would you look at the map and find those places and then go gr- ground check them? Or do you feel pretty confident you just go in there and hang and hunt and, uh, be able to to you know find deer moving that way there i mean i'd i'd definitely get in there to scout anytime i could you know i mean but i got all these i got five different farms um permission farms this summer so we tried to you know learn them the best we could in the summer which is you know the deer really aren't doing the same thing obviously but um you know kind of where where i ended up killing my bow buck we went in there in august and I was like, man, I want to be down on this creek because there's all these um, draws that come down to one big creek. And I knew it would be like a big funnel spot during the rut. And so I told Tyler, he was my intern, and I, I said, man, I'm like, let's go in there. You know, we just got permission on it. I don't want to 
be messing around during October or September, you know, what's going there today. We'll go look. And actually the tree that I killed out of is the tree we picked out in October in uh, August when That's we cool. scouted that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we hanging, hang, hanging hunted that morning. Um, but you know, like, yeah, I mean, if I could pick out a tree every time, you know, before I go hunt, I'll do that, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I'm fortunate to hunt a lot of permission private ground, but I mean, it's the same, same deal on public ground, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, somewhere around the time that, I don't know, probably like, you'd probably call it like late March, April after deer have shed their horns and then like later on towards the summer, somewhere in there, like it goes from postseason to preseason, right? So like, uh, the preseason, I always, I always associate that with extreme heat because we do most of it in Texas, you know, but, uh, I'm sure it's the same oh, up where you guys are at. And that, and so there's, they're just completely different aspects, right? One's got, you got leaves everywhere and bugs and stuff. And one is like enjoyable walking and, you know, you can see forever. So what, yeah. what do you feel is more important, uh, is the, do you, do you, can you place like a heavier importance on preseason or postseason, or are they equally important and they just uh, serve different purposes? I mean, I think they definitely serve different purposes, but if I was, in my opinion, I would say uh, late season scouting mm-hmm. just because you can get into those areas. I mean, up the, the, here again, like here in Iowa, like right now, is a perfect time to go scout because we've got you know, four inches of snow on the ground. So, I mean, not only are you going to see trails, obviously, that have been used all season, but, like, you're going to see where they're at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as to where you go in the summer or preseason, you're like, okay, well, this is a big trail, but are they using it right now, or did they use it late season and it's just still matted down? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then, and then again, in the preseason, you hate to go into those big bedding areas and those high you know, high density areas that you're not going to go into during the bow season. So, I mean, you hate to go in there early, but it just depends on how early, but you know, right now, shoot, we can run through everything you got, you know, and blow through those areas that are, you know, that you've stayed out of all bow season. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I, I, I would say in my opinion, late season scouting would be, would be more beneficial just because you can see where, where your deer were, you know, less than a month ago or, you know, two months ago or right, you know, where they are right now. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, then that, that helps us shed hunt too, obviously, which is a big thing here, but. Yeah. So you said the other day that you actually went out and did a little bit of this on that property that you killed the big buck on. Um, what were you trying to accomplish with that? Was it strictly kind of out of curiosity, trying to figure out what he was doing or were you going in there to kind of look at the bigger picture and, and uh, I don't know, maybe, well, I guess there's two parts to the question. Do you think that another big buck will move in there and kind of feel his role? That's yeah. So, I mean, the main mission was, it was just a, totally out of curiosity. It was eating me alive, not, <laughs> you know, not being able to go up in there and see where he was, you know, potentially where his bed was and where, you know, did he make that rub on that tree? You know, yeah. it was just like little stuff like that, but that, it was driving me nuts. So I had to get in there, but, you know, you made a good point, like another deer may move in there or, you know, did I go in there just to scout it for future? Like, and, you know, I got up in there and I'm like, oh man, like if there, if another deer, big deer does move in here, 
now I know what to do, you know? So, I mean, I kind of looked back, you know, after I got in there, I said, man, well, you figured out what that deer did, but well, he's dead. So like, what does that, what does that do to you for you? You know, I mean, it's a little bit of peace of mind, but now I know, like you said, if another big deer were to move in there, I kind of, you know, maybe I, I kind of have a little bit more of a plan of how I could maybe get in there in, you know, say the first week of November next year. Yeah. Um, and how to access and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it definitely did, did me good on both ends, you know, mm-hmm. gave me a little peace of mind. And if a big deer were to move in there, and I walked, you know, I walked around and I was thinking, you know, what tree would I be in? How can we get in here and not, not blow out every single deer? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I've, yeah, I mean, it helped out quite a bit. I've got a, I've definitely got a way to access it from, and, you know, it's going to be another mile walk but i have a way to access it on the southwest wind where i probably won't blow out that many deer if you know say a big deer does move in and he's doing the same thing that this deer did i'm i'm definitely got a better beat on how to kill him yeah. i think did you than get what i did before that obviously. did you find uh some big rubs that you thought was were his in that that supposed bedding area yeah i mean I, there are some giant rubs on some cedars and you know i don't really think that it's you know not every giant buck makes a giant rub but there were some giant rubs in there you yeah. know that I, it was just cool it was kind of eerie feeling you know but I mean, <laughs> yeah. I had, I, I, there wasn't a day that i didn't think of that deer you know since i got him on camera in october mm-hmm. and so it was just like man this is where he's at but he's not alive anymore he's dead <laughs> yeah that's a weird feeling <laughs> it was kind of just it was weird being up in there just because I never went up in there just because I was always afraid of bumping that deer out. Yeah. Yeah. But well, so, yeah. okay. So the, the, you've got, you know, you guys definitely are, are blessed to live in Iowa and have, uh, you chase giant deer, but you know, obviously, or honestly, um, old deer are a very cool thing to be able to chase too. And a very unique thing. Not many people have the opportunity to chase deer that are five plus, you know, what most, people universally consider as being a mature deer and so um for the guy that is chasing the three-year-old you know he's looking for the three to four-year-old you know in other words he'd be satisfied with that not necessarily that that's what he's after but if a Mm three-year-old walks through he's getting shot you know i think that uh you know like you said earlier bill says that the older they get the smaller their range gets so a Mm three-year-old is going to have a pretty large you know, home range and probably like a ton of testosterone and the willingness to go and just travel and find does because he's not the baddest dude in the woods, but he's pretty bad. And you know (laughs) what I mean? Like he's going to have a big range probably. So, um, so I guess I'm saying all this to set up this question. Um, you know, some of these, some of these properties, I feel like maybe in, in your country, you know, you're talking about deer that will transition to, to ag in a pretty hard way late in the season and may not even mm-hmm. use these, these, uh, timber ridges and, um, what you would think of as properties that, uh, are more like that October, November, uh, property. So are you able in postseason scouting to determine, do you ever go looking for, Hey, here's a property that uh in early november when the rut's kicking pretty good this is a property i could kill on but nothing here is fresh 
I mean, do you ever see that as something? I mean, and I don't even know if you're in particularly interested in shooting three and four year olds anymore now that you're, you know, shooting uh, <laughs> monsters. You know, so, but I'm just saying, if you were, would that be a viable tactic? You know, and how would you how would you do that too? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's there's I've got two different properties that are like that. Like right now, it's ghost town. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's not even worth me really running a camera because I know all the deer have moved you know, a mile or two over into the ag. So right now, I mean, there's, there's really nothing there, but like back when, you know, during season, like you say, when the oaks are plentiful, whatever, whatever the situation may be, standing uh, green beans or corn, you know, like I know there's going to be deer in there. So, um, I mean, we can definitely see it up here, um, you know, just because of deer density and like, I mean, sign lasts all year long, pretty much here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you can definitely go into those areas and be like, man, like, even though there's no deer in here right now, this would be, this would definitely be a spot I could, you know, I could definitely kill in in November. Yeah. I could see a buck cruising this ridge, looking, cruising this, uh, bottom side of this big ridge, you know, this doe bedding area, looking for does or, you know, scent checking the, scent checking the, that ridge or, yeah, I mean, there's, de- there's definitely farms like that, um, you know, even on public land, you know, mm-hmm. right now, a lot of, uh, and I'm not bit huge on public land, but I, but I have hunted it in the past, but, uh, like right now the public land's ghost town, but in early October, it, that's going to be loaded up, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, um, it's weird, you know, if you go in there now and you just, you're walking out like, man, there's no sign, you know, there's no fresh sign, there's no deer in here, but you got to look at the bigger picture, you know, you got to think, man, what are these deer going to be doing early October when our season opens, you know, yeah. they're going to be in here eating all these acorns, they're going to be in here eating this natural browse that's on, on the lake, you know, like whatever the case may be. I mean, I don't think you can write right off of farm you know just because right now there's no deer on it or you. you know no sign no fresh sign per se yeah you can still see trails and stuff like that though that like i don't know what time of year maybe you could clarify mm-hmm. this but what time of year typically do deer or deer just like out of the out of the timber off the ridges and, and close to ag um i mean right now yeah. um i mean january when it gets super cold yeah yeah, yeah january late late december sometimes it just depends on how cold it's been like this year it's been pretty cold and which you know may shift the deer you know to living closer to the ag obviously than way back in in those big blocks of you know public land timber or whatever the case may be you know they shift off to go to private to you know have food you know but mm-hmm. um yeah i think that i think that change happens you know somewhere first of first of january late december mm-hmm. um you know if you have a farm like that but is there uh is there any way or any type of sign or any feature like top topographically or you know what type of ag there is or whatever that you could go like say you knew that hey I got five points coming this year and this is going to be the year and I really want to make it up to Iowa a couple times, um, like should you head up there to postseason scout and like be looking for signs that show you that it's a hotbed for bucks like in October like there's a bunch of like old scrapes here or a bunch of big rubs on mm-hmm. these trees you know um, or you know this spot right here it's a really big thicket right next to what looks like was corn this past season like is there anything that you can like see this time of year 
you know, when you're scouting that makes you say, okay, this is a place to be in October for bucks before, you know, mm-hmm. you, you roll into the rut. Yeah, I mean, if I'm if I was doing that and I was walking out of the public piece, you know, tomorrow to scout it for November next year, I'm walking in there, I'm looking at um, trying to find buck beds on you know secondary ridges, you know, um, you know, a lot of times bucks will bed with the wind at their back, overlooking like a big draw or overlooking you know the creek or overlooking a bunch of stuff, you know, because they've always been you know, with the wind at their back and they can see everything in front of them. And that's why I bet on those little secondary ridges. But, you know, a lot of times a buck bed will have, you know, there'll be a down tree and then there'll be, you know, three or four little rubs right around that bed, you know, or, I mean, you can even go in the summer here in Iowa and find buck beds in the summer on those same little ridges. I mean, um, yeah, I'm looking for scrapes, you know, big community areas, you know, that are going to be hot spots in November, you know, late October. And also, you know, doe bedding areas, um, those big tops of the ridges, you know, it seems, it seems here that the, that the mature bucks will bed on the secondary ridges where the does will be bedded on the, you know, on the main ridge or on the top of the ridge, you know, and I think they do that for security, you know, cause you know, it, if something's coming, it's going to be coming from the top of the ridge and those does are going to blow before the, you know, the bucks are going to see the does run before they, you know, get out of there. But, yeah, um, stuff like that. And like, you know, around the heads of those ditches are just where travel corridors, you know, like, Oh, I mean, the list goes on and on, I guess. But, <laughs> yeah. And it, and you know, it, it just depends on what type of terrain. If it's a, you know, if it's a big block of timber, that's what I'm looking for. If it's, river bottoms you know i'm looking for pinch points um you know where uh where one creek comes into a bigger creek you know those those points where fence lines come together that's a big thing back home um because you know it seems we've got little 10 acre blocks of woods here and there you know so you know where your deer are but like what fence line are they going to come out of or you know you got to get lucky beyond that fence line when he's cruising, looking for that doe, you know, or mm-hmm. chasing those does down that line or, you know, little things like that, I guess, um, you know, you could key on, key in on too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, big trails, tree crossing, stuff like that. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> sure. well, this can go, sure. Keep going, I suppose. So are you running trail cameras right now? Yeah, you are. Yep. What is what is what's the key? Like, what are you setting them up on uh, most of the time, and what are you looking for? As far as late season, yeah, yeah. Okay, so now I'm staying out of the bedding area. Well, tentatively speaking, staying out of the bedding. I'm gonna run my cameras on field edges, stuff like that, because the deer are so skittish right now. You know, you hate to go in there and check your camera because I don't have I don't run cell cams. You know, I. Right now, I'm just running cameras on corn, mm-hmm. um, and it seems you can pull pretty dang good inventory off of off of putting corn out. But I'm running on field edges um, where I know the deer are feeding are going to be there. You know, yeah. later on in the night. Um, that's pretty much what I do right now. Mm-hmm. So th- let me get this straight: y'all can uh, y'all can run bait and stuff, right? Like you're talking about putting out a corn pile. You just can't hunt over that during deer season. Is that right? 
Yeah, and it, in Iowa, it's kind of it's kind of a gray situation. You can't hunt. I think it's got to be gone for like ten days or something before you hunt over it or something. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like like Bill does. You know, Bill will run corn for three or four days in one area, see what's there, and then he'll backtrack. You know, because I mean, those deer we have a high enough deer density to where if you put out fifty pounds of corn, I mean, it's going to be gone in three days. Yeah. But, you know, three or four days. So, I mean, those deer really aren't going to be patterning to that, like a mineral hole, you know, they're not, once it's gone, it's gone. They're Mm -hmm. not, you know, they're not still coming back there. So that's, that's kind of how Bill does his stuff. Um, and you know, like you can get a pretty dang good inventory pretty quick on, on a pile of corn. So, and right now I'm just kind of monitoring, you know, what percentage of the deer have dropped, yeah, who's yeah. still holding what deer you. around? You know what deer made it, stuff like that. So, um, so what? I mean, if you're if you're running on a field edge, does it give you any other information about like, like to me, I would, I would put together the fact that the deer tend to use this trail more heavily going into this ag field. So late season next year, mm-hmm. if I still have a tag, you know, is, are you doing that kind of thing too, as 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 well with the inventory? Yeah, especially on these new farms. Um, you know, like I said, I've never never hunted them, you know, before this year. So seeing where those deer are right now is is big thing for next year because mm-hmm. I didn't really – I had no idea where I was going to hunt. You know, I mean, I knew this deer was there, but, like, outside of that, I didn't really have any other plan mm-hmm. just because I didn't know, you know. My plan was to be, be on the nearest cornfield that I could, um, you know, outside of hunting that deer. But um, – yeah, like I, I try to run him on a fence line to where, you know, I can see what way he's coming from or what way he's going, you know, like if you do it that way, you know, little things like that to where you can at least tell he's coming from this way. So maybe you backtrack him, you know, back into some draw or something but like, mm-hmm. you know, same deal during season, you know, you're always trying to backtrack him, but now it's like, we're trying to backtrack him to find the sheds or where he's bedding, you know, but, um, yeah, I mean, I try to, I try to do that a little bit, but, um, yeah. yeah. So are you, uh, <laughs> when are you going to decide to move in and, and, and really go try to pick up some sheds? Like, you know, I know you're doing all these, uh, camera surveys and stuff. You wait until, you know, 50% of the bucks have dropped. Or are you getting out there early trying, trying to scoop up, you know, the first ones that hit the ground? Well, yeah, um, that kind of depends too. I've only got one deer that I've got in mind for next year, so I'm not really worried about blowing deer out or waiting until some of them are, you know, until they've all dropped. I'd say right now probably about 40% of them have dropped. So, um, and we've still got, you know, four inches of snow on the ground, so it's tough to find them in the timber, you know, unless you're, on a field edge so i'll probably hit it real hard here in the next about another week week and a half mm-hmm. um we're supposed to get some warm weather next week so it should melt off the snow and then you know just based off cameras i'll go in there but i'll i'll only you know wait until march 1st or you know first week of march if i know a deer that i'm gonna tar- try and target next year hasn't shed mm-hmm. yeah um See, that's but like I, what you're setting out to do is find the sheds of a deer that you're targeting for next year more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, What's the reason? Much, just yeah. kind of sentimental purpose or? 
Is there a reason? Yeah, I mean, like, pretty much just to have them. I mean, sure. we're all crazy about antlers up here. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I know it drives y'all nuts down there, but oh uh, no, I'll, we we uh, I mean, we know. Uh, we knew about the Jared Mills video and we pay attention to y'all's stuff because it's, you know, it's us kind of living vicariously through what you guys do. You know, like we don't, mm-hmm. um, we don't have nine points that score 185 down here really. <laughs> you know, if they, if we do, they're on a high fence ranch. So, yeah. you know, it's, uh, and, uh, we, uh, I think, what was it 2017? We went up like February 17th or something. We went to Iowa and shed hunted. When did we go early? No, it was March. Was it March? Yeah, I think it was like the first weekend in March. It was freezing cold. We Dude, didn't find was... an antler for three days. Woo. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was tough. We spent all our time on public, and I guess they get hit pretty hard. I don't know, but you would have thought that we'd find something, you know. But it was, uh, we had yeah, some. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that first week of March, man, normally that's about when everybody, you know, goes for the most part. Yeah. I've been kind of bouncing around here and there, you know, just. Picking yeah. them up. I see you finding, finding some <laughs> daggum elephant trunks out there. Man, I walked today and I, oh, the biggest animal I found was probably about 40 inches. That's so bigger than the one I found today. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we actually, yeah, we did a, we don't, I don't think anything hardly at all around us is, sh- you know, everything's shed. got the Everything's animals, holding yeah. here. And they usually do until about, and definitely till March, but like we have, you know, I, I had a mm-hmm. big buck that I've chased on public the last like three years, and he's he was holding on March seventeenth last year, I think is what it was. So, Jeez. yeah, they got green grass growing by then. Oh, dude, we're talking <laughs> snakes are out, like yeah. grass is growing, <laughs> leaves are coming in. It's like it's, I mean, down here it's pretty ridiculous. Things are just weird down here. Last year, not deer by that point. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> last year we had a a really really big buck for our area. You know, probably breaching the one fifty mark uh, in mid February, mm-hmm. and he he was like nose in a doe's rear end, yeah. like straight up, just just smelling it hard. You know, yeah. and it's like, what is going on with it? Like <laughs> with we these deer? we no doubt have a have that like mid-november rut you know what i mean but like it's also just so Mm -hmm. moderately temperate that i guess they just kind of feel frisky here and there along the way you know (laughs) so anyway so what about okay so for a guy that's out there looking for sub 40 inch sheds what (laughs) is what is the what's the best uh tip you got for finding sheds man how are you doing it oh man today it was Luck of having size 14 boots, I'll tell you that. There you go. You stepped on it? <laughs> I, been big, I stepped on a couple I have of dreamed of that, big. dude. I've dreamed of that oh for, for years. Never stepped on one. <laughs> oh, I did it twice today. But, I mean, today wasn't a good day to shed hunt. Um, it was super sunny. I mean, I think that's the, that's the number one thing that I, like, that I would go on shed hunting, like, if it's sunny out, I mean, it, it's so much harder to find them, I think. Well, they're not moving on a I sunny mean, day usually either. That's <laughs> <an> issue. <laughs> I've, I've found it well, least. But, like, yeah, I mean, I, if it's sunny, you're squinting anyway. And uh, I, I just, a cloudy, I'll take a cloudy day every single time I go shed hunting. You wear specialized um, uh, shed glasses or anything? 
No, man. Color, colored no. lands or anything? I, I, I won't even wear, on a sunny day, I won't even wear sunglasses because I think it just messes me up. It gets in my head, you know. Like, oh, I, got, I got the chin. I'm going to miss this one. Blah, blah, blah. So I'll go all day squinting. Oh, it, man. It gets in my head. But. You get a headache, man, I feel like. Yeah, no kidding. Hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's cool. No, man. I mean, like, around here, I mean, we just, you know, target target your food areas, food to bed. I mean, that's yeah. What they're all they're doing right now is food to bed, food to bed. So yeah. What about every, every shit I heard today was food. What about like fence lines? I you know I always look fence look at fence crossings and stuff like that, and I mm-hmm. you know hard I don't I can't remember I may have found one you know in Kansas or something, but I can't think of a time that I actually was like thought I need to go check that trail out over there on that fence line, and there was a shed there. Is that like Every something? Time. Is that something you target? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially back home. I mean, because like in central Iowa, it's more just wide open field. So it's like, man, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna drive myself nuts looking across this 300 acre cornfield. Sure, you know, yeah. so you try to at least narrow it down to, and maybe you know, it goes that fence. I mean, I found a lot of antlers like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it's them walking up the fence when they drop them, but or a simp jumping, you know, jumping the fence that makes them drop. Yeah. Um, I actually found my number one deer for next year um, right along the fence line today or uh, last week. Um, hey, gummit. And, and another thing, like right now, all of our fence lines have drifted. And so um, where I found the shed, for instance, was uh, it was all drifted, but the farmer couldn't get right up near the fence to harvest the rest of the beans because of this tree was overhanging. And so there was like a little tiny patch of standing beans and it was all drifted, but you could just see the tops of the beans. And so there, there was all these deer hammering, hammering these beans. And I, I told my buddy, I was like, man, this would be a good spot to find a shed and lift up and boom, found the side to a deer that is going to be my number one next year. So, I mean, fence lines are key, not only for just (laughs) walking, not only for just walking, you know, for them dropping them, walking next to them or jumping them, but just just kind of a weird case like that where mm-hmm. the farmer can get to those beans. Yeah. But, you know, we have so much snow that those deer key on, in on them. I mean, it was like a 20 by 20 foot little area, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy how those deer can find that. But, yeah. So Tyler dreams you know, about I mean, stepping on a shed. The thing that I think would be cool is if you found, like, the match set to that deer and then rattled him in with that match set next year. Have you ever thought about oh, that? That, or, that would be that would be, a, that would be awesome. That's yeah. I mean, I, I've never found, never done that. I mean, that'd be, I don't even know anybody that, that's even done that. But That'd be cool, <laughs> that'd man. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. would <laughs> be super cool. You have to leave the brow tines on, though. You can't saw it. Every time I make a new set of rattling errors, I hate sawing off the brow tines. It just hurts me. Uh, you know? I, I know. It does. Especially if there's sheds you found. Yes. You know, it hurts. Yeah. I'm glad. It, it does. It does hurt. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's just... <laughs> You can't mess with an alien. It took me a second earlier when you were talking about drifted uh, fence lines. <laughs> we had to look at each other like, what is he talking about? The first thing that came to my uh, mind was that like the property lines over time had drifted yes. as farmers put new fences like, up. Do the fences move? <laughs> <laughs> and then we were like, oh, yeah, they have no. snow up there. Yeah. We, don't, we don't know what that, that is. Yeah, stuff. <laughs> snow down there. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, are you doing stuff, uh, you know, really we're kind of talking about post-season activities, not just uh, scouting, but... 
Like, are you doing things this time of year to ensure that, like, you've got these properties locked down for permissions, or are you trying to get new permissions, you know, in this time of year? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm always, I mean, I haven't been lately just because I've uh, just been busy, but yeah, I mean, I'm always trying to get new properties, but, you know, you got to work up the courage sometimes to go go up and knock but i mean if you can get on a property right now this would be the time to do it just because you know you can get in there you can see what the deer are doing with the snow there's trails there's fresh sign there's, i mean shed hunting everything like this is a key time to to get a property i mean um the uh, it's a unique situation with the properties that i'm hunting down here um my place that i rent they're my landowners and they own a furniture business so i help them uh, here and there with like deliveries or like stuff like that. Oh, cool. Um, moving furniture and stuff like that. So like, yeah, I mean, um, in like the one, the one agreement we had, um, with, uh, him letting me hunt was, uh, just showing him all the pictures that I got on all the different farms. And he doesn't really hunt that much, but he likes seeing the trail camera pictures. So I'll, I'll always send him the trail camera yeah. pictures and stuff. So Do you send him the biggest yeah, I mean, ones or like do, you, do you withhold the biggest of the bucks from sending out? No, no. I, I'm, I let it all out. <laughs> man, that's I scary. All, I, that's I, scary, I, I man. Felt bad, you know? Yeah, that picture's going to end up on a Whitetail Properties website somewhere. <laughs> that's for real. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's yeah. hilarious. That's cool. I like that agreement, though, with the, uh, well, of course, the, you know, sending pictures. It'd be, dude, we can't find that around here. If anybody cares to look at a deer picture, they want to kill the deer. But, that's right. Like, uh, helping mm. out with deliveries and stuff, it's kind of, uh, you know, out of the box thing, you know, to make sure that, that you've got a permission. Are you just a big old strong boy? You got a size 14 <laughs> and you're moving furniture. Like, you must be just a corn fed <laughs> dude, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, any little thing I can do to just, Stay in the good, you know. Yeah, no, I hear you. It's definitely, you know, I hear you. You got to do all you can because, yeah. like I said, I don't, I don't own a farm or anything like that. I don't have family that owns farms or nothing, so I'm just kind of, you know. How do you, how do you come across of that? Trust, I guess. Like, how do you come across that, that like offering? You know what I mean? Like, is how do you do that without sounding cheesy? Like, hey, I'll help you move some furniture. You know, it just sounds really pitchy i mean does it is that well, just what you go for or how does that work well man? this situation is a little a little bit different so i lived down here when i was an intern of midwest whitetail and so the house that we lived in when we were interns um was owned by the same the same family so i already kind of knew that they own that they had owned some ground and stuff and so when i moved back down here i called them and then i got this place and then uh, I was like, Hey, you know, like anybody hunting these farms or, you know, <laughs> cause I know he didn't bow hunt. He's like, no, like no one bow hunts them, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, well, dang man, like you don't care if I go hunt them. He's like, no, go ahead. And like, I mean, it wasn't even like, I didn't even like offer it at the time, you know? And then like, it, it didn't even, he was just like, yeah, you can go hunt them. Like just show me whatever pictures. And then, yeah. you know, I was just like, I knew they had the furniture business. I'm just like, Hey, like anytime you need help, just, give me a shout. And so yeah. I try to, you know, if I'm in between hunts or editing something or something and they, you know, they need a hand, I'm always, you know, jumping at the bit to go help them just so sure. I can stay in the good, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> without these farms, you know, I don't have, I don't have anything. So. Yeah. So he gun hunts though, right? 
Yeah, they gun hunt a little bit. They don't they don't push or anything. Like they they kind of just hunt for meat, you know. Yeah. See, and yeah. it's more of a camaraderie thing with them, I think. Yeah, that's cool. I, I wish, I wish that's not really our culture down here, man. You know, it's like. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure you have seen things <laughs> from Texas if you have paid any <laughs> attention, but you know, like it's, it's a, everything's bigger in Texas, you know what I mean? And it's all about oh, yeah. the biggest buck you can shoot and that kind of thing. And of, I mean, I'm, I'm jealous of the, the deer you shot, you know, I'm not saying anything about me as being greater than or anything, but like, um, you know, I just wish that there were people around here that, you know either didn't hunt or didn't uh hunt or hunted for meat you know or whatever instead but man that's um it's it's something that i hear a lot the reason i'm kind of inquisitive is because i hear it a lot from people up in your country i guess is you know well they let me bow hunt and i i don't know if it's like do they think that you that you're not very lethal with a bow or like, how does that, you know, I just feel like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you almost kind of think it's a bit, it's a, well, you can bow hunt, but you can't gun hunt, you know? Or, it's like, dude, it's I can now like, hunt like you that. any day. You know what I mean? Bring it on yeah, with your shotgun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, up here. Yeah. It's definitely is different because like the first day of shotgun season, it's just like, you know, you got your whole family, you got your aunt and uncles, blah, blah, blah. You know, everybody gets together the night before deer season and, Mm-hmm. You know, it's a big party or, you know, it, it's more of a camaraderie thing up here, I think, than anything. Yeah. Um, and there definitely is a lot more shotgun hunters yeah. overall than probably bow hunters, I would or Yeah. I don't know. It's probably something like that. But, like, you know, there's guys, a lot more guys that just go shotgun hunting and that's it. Yeah. You yeah. know, whereas me, like, I'm bow hunting and I'm gun hunting, you know, I'm doing everything I can. But, like, there's a lot of people that just go out for shotgun season and that's it. Um, and so, like, shotgun ground is more, a lot harder to come by. Yeah. Um, than bow hunting. I mean, bow hunting ground is, it, you know, every year is getting harder and harder, I feel like. But, sure. um, it's definitely easier. And, you know, it, they feel, probably feel more safe you're not out there slinging lead around and yeah yeah shooting guns you know whatever the reason may be i feel like they just landowners you know yeah just yeah. feel a little bit more safer with one guy bow hunting you know whatever yeah makes sense man and so, you know I, I i definitely see that like camaraderie side of things because what y'all shotgun season is like three weeks or something like that is that right yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's split up into two seasons, but yeah. Yeah, it's something that, yeah, uh-huh. you know, happens for a short period of time. It's like we got to, everybody's got to get out and get this thing done, you know, get some, yeah. get the freezers filled. For us, it's like gun season is, is you know, high-powered rifles and it's a marathon. You know what I mean? It's like, t- it's literally a two-month season. So, you know, it's oh, not dang. a big, like opening season, opening day of the season is, you know, opening weekend is, is some somewhat a big deal still, but like, um you know, it's, it's, if you don't, you know, tag out opening day, then you've got two months to get it done. So it's, I can see yeah. how like, you know, there's more of that camaraderie uh, effect around y'all's gun season for sure. So. Oh, for sure. I mean, I used to go with a big group back home and, you know, back home, you can surround the timber of 20 guys and kill or at least kick out every single deer in them. But it's just fun. You know, you get up and, go eat Perkins in the morning and drink coffee and just kind of mess around and then surround the timber and go push it with 20 dudes. I mean, it, it's fun. Yeah. It, yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely an Iowa thing. I'll tell you that. Oh, we get it. We do the, uh, the feral hog version of that down here. Actually just got yep. done doing that this weekend. Uh, That's so much fun. Yeah. 
that'd be sweet dude yeah you ought to come down next year man it's it's actually a great off-season activity for you yep. you know because you oh, won't find yeah. any sheds yeah, it, yeah no sheds and it's like 55 <laughs> or 60 and sunny d- during february i mean i'm sure you're not interested in that at all um, but, uh, hey, it's, better. it's about to be five degrees oh, oh my goodness tomorrow. don't yeah. be talking like that <laughs> but yeah we we uh we it if we had 20 guys, boy, we could kill every hog. But we did. We went out with four guys and killed nine hogs in a couple of days. So, mm-hmm. You know, it's a same kind of thing. You know, pushing them with shotguns and buckshot, and it's it's a lot of fun. It's a and blast. You're man. right, man. There's that something about be, that, yeah. like just team hunt uh, kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's just it's just fun, dude. And you like laugh and and you enjoy good yeah, food uh, together. You know, it's just. And don't get exactly. me wrong, I love the solitude of a t- of a tree stand, but. Uh, you know, having both of those in your life is a good, good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially after bow season, you know. You know, for me, from September fifteenth to the first day of shotgun season, December first or whatever. You know, if I'm not filming, I'm hunting. So, I mean, every single day that I can, I'm in the tree. And then mm-hmm. by shotgun season, I'm just ready to freaking get out there and run after them and just <laughs> yeah. chase them all overhead. You know? Yeah, I know it, man. That's cool. So does, uh, does, do you feel like that are there days when you sit in the tree for yourself during the season that like you don't feel, you know, it almost feels like burdensome because you've been in the tree with somebody else for the last three weeks or whatever, or does it, or is it, do you still have that like childlike man? And this is like awesome. I'm finally getting to sit here, you know, kind of thing going on. Oh, every, every, every single time. Yeah. I mean, if I'm filming, it's a little different, but if I'm hunting, it's just like every single time I'm like that. I mean, it it never gets old. I mean, the 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 waking up and you know getting ready and getting there sucks. That gets old, but like as soon as I'm like climbing up into the tree, you know, it could be twenty degrees or whatever. I'm just like, huh? I'm like a little kid in candy store every time. I mean, it, yeah. you yeah. know, some guys say you get burned out or whatever if you hunt too long or hunt too much or whatever but i mean, I don't know maybe i'm just crazy but well i ain't got burned out yet <laughs> yeah i mean if, you, if i keep pop tarts in my stand i'm good to go you know what i mean as long as i got pop tarts i'm okay oh yeah you gotta have some there. little debbies or something yeah for sure for sure well cool 100%. man well we appreciate you doing this and, and spending time with this man i know you're a busy guy um What's uh what's the best way for the listener to connect with you, man? Uh, Instagram, I guess, is mine. Kind of the only thing I run. I, I dabble in the Facebook, but my Instagram is uh, dlam32, and that's you know kind of I post whatever we're doing. If we're shed hunting, or if we're finding deadheads, or yeah, we'll be turkey hunting, and uh, I'm go down to real tree here the first or second weekend in March. So we'll be. I'll be on the road turkey hunting uh, right. for two months, so that'll be that'll be that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that. That's yeah. another grind, but I love killing turkey. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun, man. So thirty uh, two is that your like your sports number or something like that? Yeah, that's just been been my number for everything since yeah. day one, I guess. <laughs> what sports did you play? Uh, I played soccer and I played basketball. All right, dude. That's cool, of, man. Kind of two, two different. Yeah, I don't, sports, you don't but. normally have a guy on here who played basketball and soccer, and those are the two. I bet you there are some yeah. cold <laughs> soccer games in Iowa. Oh, Soccer's a spring sport, right? So, like, 
It's a spring sport, yeah. Uh, you're starting For the to most f- part, it ain't. It's not cold. But yeah, it's March, April, but I mean, it, it snowed in March. That snowed in April before, so. Yeah. It snowed <laughs> in Iowa, October you never know what there. you're going to get. This, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You get snow for like seven months a year if they're October to April, however long that is. That's yeah. seven months, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Golly. Pretty much. And then, and then in summer, you know, it's. 100 degrees and humid but i mean y'all know all about that yeah 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 for sure well cool man so we uh we'll link to all that uh we'll put the put the instagram on there we'll link to uh some of the videos and stuff too especially the one with the that tiny buck you shot this year um and then we'll uh yeah and then uh man i just want to wish you good luck and safety on that turkey turkey trip man that you're taking uh you know, two months is a long time to be out there. I'm, I'm sure you'll uh, be needing some coffee and stuff like that. So, oh man, yeah, I appreciate it. It's, it's a grind, but yeah, wouldn't trade it for the world. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, thanks for spending time with us, and and uh, good luck this spring, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Anytime, boys. All right, see you, Drake. So, how is it that Drake sounds almost like he has a little bit of a southern accent? You know that restaurant he said they go to. Which one? And he said whenever they push deer, oh, and they, yeah, yeah. they go to that restaurant, yeah. I bet you they serve chicken fried steak and sweet tea, okay. and it just he absorbed it through that. That's like an osmosis type yeah. thing. I got you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. It's just weird, <laughs> like, so you know, how that how that happens. But. I know, man. I like it. Yeah, me too. I like it. Me too. It sounds, it sounds familiar. He's yeah. just, a, just a good old dude, man. He, uh, he had a pretty good season this year. He did. Goodness, man. He did. He, he shot... Two really good bucks. Yeah, one of them was a giant. The other one was a really, really big, big, big deer. Yeah, it was. And that's one of those deer that, like, he's gonna kind of fool you a little bit, like we were talking about earlier. Like, he's not the most massive, uh, but that doesn't mean <laughs> I love the fact that you said that. <laughs> most massive is a really good, good headline. Um, but like, he's still gonna have a lot of inches, man. Yeah, you know, he's a big, big, big buck. And either way, anytime you watch Drake shoot something. He has the best reactions. Yeah, you yeah. know, if, if he reminds me of like not a Christmas morning kid, but like an <laughs> Easter basket kid. You oh, know what yeah, I mean? Just yeah. super excited that he got a mm-hmm. bunch of candy and some socks. You know what I mean? Like, what's the reciprocating Easter effect of a who? Like a Christmas who from Whoville? You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah, I got you. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's was, what it would be. He's like a who in Easter. Yeah, you know what I mean, but so. he's just always happy, man. And you could tell in this interview, you know, he's just laughing, yeah. having a good time. Yeah, which is a fun guy to talk to for sure, man. So uh, we talked a lot about the, the postseason scouting stuff in this in this episode, and we're actually doing a, a series right now in this postseason um, that's called Map Scout Challenge. A lot of you guys have seen it. A lot of you guys have submitted dots pins all over the place um we have done a few out of state we may or may not do any more out of state uh during this postseason but maybe in the preseason we'll do a few more maybe um so uh but we're definitely going to do some more here in texas i know for a fact um and that uh, is where a lot of our dots have actually been all our pins that have been sent to us thanks tejas folks yeah yeah, so a lot of a lot of Texas listeners here. That's a good thing. Um, so yeah, we're probably not going to Kentucky uh, or anything like that right now. Um, but I did go to Kansas and I did go to Oklahoma this year, which was pretty recent, and stay with our boy West Two SB. And um, we 
we scouted some Kansas stuff, which was pretty pretty awesome, and then uh, some like Southern Kansas stuff and some Northern Oklahoma stuff. And so that'll be you'll be able to see that the Oklahoma stuff was actually pretty tough, and it wasn't a whole lot different than the Kansas stuff, um, except for the fact that um, it was a little bit lower elevation type stuff. Um, in other words, close to lake, core land type stuff, and they've had a lot of rain. And like the ag fields that were ag on the map were not ag. I mean, it's mud. Yeah, it was just it was CRP. You know, like mm. sparse CRP. You yeah. know, it hadn't even been planted. It wasn't planted last year. So it, regrowth more than CRP field. Right. Just kind of just junk. Yeah, I mean, then some of them there was definitely some warm season grass and some of it, but it wasn't like a good CRP field or anything. Yeah, and I was banking on. You know, this big timber around this lake being some kind of bedding um, and then the ag being the food source right now, you know, and I thought, oh, this will be slam dunk. I'll be able to get good, good uh, pictures or video on the trail camera and that kind of thing. And ended up, you know, I didn't want Wes is going to check those cameras for us um, and send them back to us so we can, uh, you know, see the videos and put that on on our videos. Um, I didn't want to send Wes in like a mile, mile and a half out there, you know, make him have to go do all that work. So we put everything pretty close to the road. Um, but I got to scout a lot. I got to make some assumptions. I think they're good properties. So if you guys are interested in that kind of thing, look forward to that. Um, you and I did one in Texas that we were pretty pleasantly surprised with what all we found there. It's nice. Um, and then there's going to be some more stuff coming up soon. So uh, it's definitely the time of year to get after yep. it, man. Do more filming this week. So, uh yeah. There's uh, going to be a lot of stuff, cool stuff coming down the YouTube train coming mm-hmm. up here. And that Map Scout thing's going to be a lot of fun to, to put together, man. So yeah. I'm ready for that to pay off, too, because I, I cannot tell you how much I'm looking forward to actual hunting season already. And yeah. it's a long, long road till that. So It is, man. We have a podcast or two to do before then, Ooh. I imagine. We, uh, we, we, we're going to be doing a lot of preparation again this year i think you know we did all the archery series and the don't you like austin powers i do yeah remember preparation h <laughs> do you know, uh, you know what I'm talking the about? dude or whatever huh was that, it a dude no it was uh so dr evil went through a bunch of plans and then the h was the the oh. one he landed on so preparation h was the i got yeah. you i got you i like i like austin powers oh too. me too man <laughs> me too he's yeah. a good guy He's a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you are. <laughs> You're there. <laughs> You're there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway, yeah. sorry. I'm real great at uh, getting us off track. That's, but, yeah. I don't even know oh, what the track was. Yeah, we don't have tracks. Yeah, we've got... Um, Fresh tracks. Well, again, uh, make sure you subscribe to YouTube. Um, if you like the podcast, I think you'll like a lot of the stuff that we're doing. It's like uh, mini podcasts with deer footage, you know, so... Um, anything else, man? I ate a giant burger earlier. Oh my goodness. Um, our boy Johnny, Johnny Mac sent me um, a bunch of beef, Iowa beef home mm. last time I was up there. And I did some burgers with it tonight. And I thought, I guess there wasn't as much fat as what you get in the supermarket or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I usually like make a big burger and it turns into like a tiny patty, you know? Mm-hmm. And I made this giant burger, and it didn't shrink hardly at all. Dude. <laughs> it's still just I ate a like giant a, burger. Probably like a point eight burger. Like mm. it was almost a pound, dude. Yeah, it was. I could huge, get with that, dude. And I just freaking slammed it. Put medium cheddar on top, melted it. You know, it was, it was good. It was good. I was uh, trying to get it all in before we got on the podcast with Drake. Yep, and well, I did. I haven't eaten anything since uh, twelve thirty. <laughs> I bet so. you're hungry. You that on, was a great talk. Are you in keto? 
No. Well, maybe. No, I had a tortilla today. Taquito. 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 Yeah, that's right. That's, okay. that's what, dude. Now we're talking. <laughs> now the creative juices are flowing. We better get off here now before things that's, get crazy. That's right, man. Okay, well. I hope you guys are uh, enjoying the outdoors right now. Small game season and, and map scouting and all that. So remember to get out in it. And remember, this is your element. Live in it. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, Enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose Interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today.